Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast, buttoned up edition, celebrating Star Wars Day. Um, may the fourth be with you, Ryan, with your Connor Ober sounding ass over there. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. I am. I am sick, and uh, that's what's happening. So I apologize in advance. Um, I will try not to cough into the mic. I will try to mute myself in time, but I'm gonna sound weird and auto-tuned uh this entire episode so i do apologize but we could not put this episode off any anymore that's why we're sitting here in our work clothes right after work and we're ready to talk about the second obi-wan kenobi trailer the actual trailer the first one was a teaser trailer that's what mm. they called it. They're the same length. I don't understand these marketing terms anymore at this point. Uh, well, but this one's meteor, brother. This one is definitely a meteor trailer. Um, yeah. Not in terms of length, but in terms of the the nature of the content and yeah. um, more dialogue. We actually see characters speaking on screen, etc. So it's it's meteor for sure. Yeah, definitely. But we had to we had to record tonight, so. Uh, auto-tune frog emo voice is just yeah. happening so yeah sorry yeah and you can't tell from like what's on screen if you see video of this or whatever um but uh my recording space here my my little office slash star wars room is a complete and total disaster um i posted a video yesterday on star wars day my dumb little way of celebrating star wars day um i recently pulled some bins out of storage that like we were losing the storage space that we had so we had to move all the stuff back to our house and um i had a giant bin of star wars stuff and i had no idea what was in it so i recorded a little video uh, myself and my eight-year-old elliot joined me just opening this bin up and um you know going through it and finding out what was in there um so it was kind of fun so um if you want to check that out that's on uh our youtube uh page and and will be linked at our site and all that stuff but anyway my life is, is is a disaster this room is a disaster um but as you said we we just can't put this off anymore we gotta we gotta get into it yeah yeah and i so, i recommend watching the video i was i was a little bit jealous of some of those figures you had um i'm kind of surprised you don't have them like displayed somewhere uh you had some pretty cool stuff in there but i'm mostly jealous of the jar jar inflatable chair <laughs> i was gonna go on ebay and see like i don't know what that goes for these days because as i said in the video i re- kind of really like want to open it up and sit in it but yeah yeah but then if i do that then like it's, it's for sure gonna get popped or broken or something and then i right. don't have it anymore you know what i mean so i, I feel like i need almost, a backup i can almost guarantee it is m- like most phantom menace merch probably worth nothing <laughs> Okay, well, then I, I need to uh, look for some Phantom Menace pool floaties, too, because there were some cool pool pool floaties from that time. Um, and I, w- I would love to get some of those as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, all right. Well, that's um, what I did yesterday. Oh, I also, you know, of course, I watched this trailer. I wanted to go home and watch some Star Wars stuff last night, but as I said, too much going on these days, and I was not really able to. Elliot and I tried to watch, like, an episode of Rebels or Clone Wars or something, like, around bedtime. Uh, on the TV upstairs because I was exhausted and in bed already. Um, 
but I couldn't get logged into my Disney Plus account. And I was like, it was too late in the day and I was too angry. So we just watched an episode of Batman, the animated series instead, <laughs> um, which is fun, but not exactly what I wanted to do on Star Wars Day. Did you do anything like Star Warsy on Star Wars Day, Ryan? <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. Two things. First, okay. Jar Jar inflatable chairs. Uh, you know, 60 to 100 bucks on eBay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So, so I'm going to keep it in the box for now then. All right. I just cause I it's hard to replace. Not, not cause I just, not cause I like want to stare at the box and just know that I have a thing in there I'll never use, but I feel like the time has to be right. Cause it sounds like it's hard to replace. I think the time has to be right is the, is the yeah. key. Um, but yeah. I think you can still like have the box and pretend it's in there after you, and you could have your cake and eat it too. You could have like <laughs> the box on display and you could sit in the chair looking at the box. Yeah. Which I wish I knew best case scenario. I wish I could recall the name of that fish that he eats with his tongue at the market that he's not supposed mm. to eat and ends up in Sebulba's soup or whatever. Yeah. Cause we could have said you could have your, whatever that is. And yeah. Eat it too, you know? Yeah. Damn it. It's okay. All right. It's Sorry. okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did I do for stars day? <laughs> okay. Uh, totally on brand for me. Um, I watched the rise of Skywalker. Um, not really. Uh, I watched the last five <laughs> minutes of it because it was on uh, before AEW Dynamite. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they did on TNT, they did a Star Wars marathon. And they they must have been showing movies all day up until it was Dynamite time. And so like I was tuning into Dynamite. I was like, wait, you're trying to pull a fast one on me here, TK. And uh, yeah, so I caught the the super weird ass ending to that movie. Um, got to, got to see the old lady who's obsessed with knowing people's last names, uh, on there. So, uh, I, yeah, anyway, so I, I watched that and then I also watched the, uh, again, super on brand with me, all the Star Wars things I love. Um, the book of Boba Fett Disney gallery, um, just got to hang out with our boy Robert Rodriguez um, for a while and uh, really, really take that in. Um, mm. Well, I think we'll talk about it on a future episode because I'm I'm yeah. excited to watch it. Um, so I think we will talk about that. But yeah, it is it is um, it, it is uh, surprising that you watched that on the first day of its release, Ryan, because I think uh, originally you were kind of like, mm, I might skip that one. Um, yeah, but. It was Star Wars Day, so I, I was for... I was in the mood for Star Wars, and like you know, honestly, like yeah, there, it's I don't know, it's kind of like the bad pizza um, analogy mm-hmm. where it's like you know, even you know, if you're in the mood for pizza, like, and you really want pizza, like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be like Luminati's every time. Like you can just you know eat some eat some Papa John's or something, and it's fine. Sure. Uh, sure, Book of Boba sure. Fett, the Papa John's of Star Wars, probably. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that could be. Um, but I feel like the Disney Gallery Book of Boba Fett would be better than the Papa John's of Star Wars. You know, even it, like there, there was some stuff like I actually do. I mean, these things always kind of pay off, um, even if you're not like really into the source material. I think like right. just S- Star Wars behind the scenes feature featurettes are just like universally good i there's like not really a bad one there's some like mediocre ones some fluffy ones but like there i mean there's always something cool or someone cool 
in it that like kind of makes it makes it worth it. And I think like for me, it was like seeing Steph Green in there, like talking about um, her episode and stuff. And I was like, yep, that this made it worth it. Like, because that's my favorite episode of that show. And uh, there's some like her insights and stuff like are so good. And uh, yeah. Nice. But yeah, it's 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 worth it. Yeah. <clears throat> more on that to come then we, we will uh, talk mm-hmm. more about it after i get my ass in gear and check it out so yeah. um well why don't we uh why don't we dig into the main event here ryan why don't we talk about this kenobi trailer um it uh launched early on wednesday morning early on star yeah. wars day i think it was about i think it was around 8 a.m central time so probably like it seven like, your time it was right? like it was like a weird time too it wasn't like on the hour like, okay, because I think like I'm always like really conditioned whether it's like, you know, for any any sort of news, whether it be like, you know, video game industry news or um, Star Wars news, like I'm always conditioned to be like, OK, I need to check the social media stuff like I need to check Twitter at, you know, 601, 701, 801, like to kind of kind of see if stuff pops up. And this was like. I think it was like 6:45 a.m. like mountain okay. time. Um so yeah, it was totally random, but there was a uh, we knew it was coming because at midnight um Pacific they posted like trailer today um on the yeah. Star Wars account and it's funny cuz like I got up in the middle of the night and like had to to go to the bathroom and um, I like checked my phone at like two in the morning and like, I was just, you know, I just scroll through Twitter um, when I, when I get up and uh, yeah. And I saw that and I was like, Oh cool. Well, that's something to look forward to when I actually wake up. Was it trouble going back to sleep after, uh, after seeing that exciting news? I would have trouble going back to sleep. I no, it kind of just like put me at ease, honestly. Okay. Like just seeing, okay. just seeing, you know, McGregor's face and like mm. a, a promise of something good. I was like, okay, I think I'll, I think I'll wake up t- tomorrow, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's worth, it's worth getting out of bed for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, that's a that's a variation on the uh, wouldn't kick you and McGregor out of bed for eating crackers, uh, you know, phrase. Um, I agree. Uh, we were able to. Uh, well, we, I was in a meeting, actually, uh, an early morning faculty meeting when the trailer went live. Um, so uh, when our meeting was over and we were going back to start the workday, Kevin and I were actually able to uh, pop it on and watch it, you know, together for the first time. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Um, nice. You know, sort of a fun experience. Yeah. Um, probably told the story on here before, but um, I have fond memories of watching, you know, some of the Star Wars trailers at work with, uh, with Kev, our friend Kev, who's been on the podcast a, a number of times. Um, and him, like, I, I remember one time, like a trailer went live and like, he came out of his room, which is like down the hall and around the corner. And I came out of my room and like, anyway, we, we crossed paths, like turning corners and running to go tell the other person that like, Oh, there's a new trailer for the last Jedi or whatever it was. So, uh-huh. um, that, that stuff is fun when, when it happens. So, um, yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, I did not share that experience with my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So anyway, it was, uh, it was an exciting thing. As you said, we knew it was coming. Um, it was really great to get it early in the day instead of like be waiting in anticipation all day long. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, 
and the trailer is great. And I think it, uh, most people um, that I've talked to are really satisfied with it and, uh, mm-hmm. and are pretty pumped. So I think without further ado, let's get into it. Um, and we'll just kind of go through bit by bit um, and uh, talk about it as it uh, chugs along. survive leave us alone when the time comes he must be trained like you trained his father you still want kenobi he's gone you've been looking in the wrong places i want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him So it opens up with a couple of shots um, of, uh, you know, establishing shots, right? We get a ship, uh, which looks a little like Ochi of Bastoon's ship. So I'm hoping that this show somehow ties into Ray's origin story. Are you with me on that? <laughs> um, sure. Why Why do you laugh, Ryan? Do you think I'm trolling you? Is that... <laughs> Um, no, it's a, it's an interesting looking ship. It does have like a little bit of that. It's, it's that sort of like, I don't know what, what what would you call that? Like class of ship, a transport, I guess. It's like, it's not very sexy or anything. It doesn't look like it's not like a fighter. It's real real chunky. It's like a Chevrolet or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like a big, like, you know, it's not, it's not designed to haul lots and lots of people or freight or anything, but it's also not like a a defensive you know ship with weapons and stuff really so it's just like a the chevrolet is a good good way to put it so um i don't know what planet it's descending to there i mean a dayu would make sense because our next shot is of dayu so i guess that's probably what it is um and i'm impressed now that i know the name of that planet yeah good on you yeah it's I, i did read a couple i read that um total film article about kenobi last week so um okay that probably helped but uh, yeah, that's a similar shot to one we've seen before. But I want to take some time to talk about the third shot of the trailer, which I think is really, really, really cool. Um, and that is of uh, the Grand Inquisitor and Reva and the fifth brother um, emerging from their ship uh, on, I think, Tatooine, right? It's a desert planet. So unless there's more than one of those in the show, it must be Tatooine. Uh, and I think this shot looks really, really cool. I think like the way it's framed, um, with Mm -hmm. the grand inquisitor in the foreground and being flanked on either side by, uh, Reva and the fifth brother is really cool. And more than that, Ryan, I am ready to say, um, that I think the grand inquisitor looks really great in this shot. I think he looks really cool, really imposing. And, um, 
I just want to wag my finger at all those other people, not me, who looked at his weird shaped head in the first teaser and were like, what's wrong with the way the Grand Inquisitor looks? Because he looks dumb. I would never would have said that myself. But, um, mm. you know, to everybody who did react that way immediately, uh, I feel like we've the Grand Inquisitor is, is vindicated by this shot. I think he looks cool. What say you? Um, well, you actually did dunk on him a ton, and we share, like, pictures of close-ups of his face as reaction shots in oh, yeah. our Star Wars text chain, and we've constantly been dunking on him. Um, no, this is... Not in an angry way, though, and like, a, no, ah, this it's, is really kind it's of funny. like... funny, yeah. Not like, he oh, just, I'm, I'm convinced the show is going to suck now, because the hell No, he just yeah, looked yeah. goofy as hell. Um... But, but I think it was a I think it was a case of like choosing a really bad shot to introduce him with because I think he looks cool here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, you know an example I use a lot um, in the in the film Clueless, where um, Alicia Silverstone's character is like, "Why doesn't this dude like me? Did I stumble into some bad lighting?" Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, I think maybe the Inquisitor just stumbled into some bad lighting. Um, yeah, and that explains it. But I also think, honestly, there's probably no bad lighting in this show because something I think is immediately apparent from like the first few shots here is like this is a gorgeous looking show, and like mm. I I watched this trailer um, like three times before we recorded. I watched it like three times yesterday, <laughs> and like really like looking at it with like a critical eye like because the shot before this is the the stormtroopers um walking through that planet that you know the name of that i don't yeah uh, dayu dayu and like the way the camera pans and then like it just like it goes from like the top of like the troopers helmets and it's like oh yeah this is stormtroopers this is star wars and then it like pans down and like and like frames the the street and like everything that's happening it looks like it's just a classy shot for one Mm -hmm. and then like Mm -hmm. also it like everything just looks so filled in and like this looks like an actual place and there's like it doesn't look like just like a soundstage like kind of thing. Um, and I think there were so many like weird moments in uh, Book of Boba Fett where like it was just like j- jarring how like how sparse everything looked and like it and clean. And, you know, I, I kept like for lack of a better term, like I've just used I've used the word digital to describe it a lot, but it just, it looks like when you like go somewhere and just like film something with your camera on your phone, like it kind of just like look like that. Like if I was like filming a bunch of cosplayers, like out in a field, like somewhere, like it just, it, it didn't like feel like filmic um, all the mm. time there. I, there were times it definitely did. And I think like some episodes fare better than others with that show, but also like watching the book of Boba Fett, like that was a pandemic ass filming process. Like it, I mean, it was brutal. So like, I totally understand. And that like, actually 
it made me feel like, okay, maybe I've been a little hard on like the looks of this show um, because like they were like everything in that documentary. They're like, they are, everyone is on set is masked up and they have like the mm. face guards and everything. Cause like they were like, that was deep, like rough pandemic time um, there yeah. when they were filming it. So I get it, but like this, I don't know. This just feels like, I mean, it, it looks as good as a star Wars film, like uh, some of these shots and maybe not everything, but like the opening shots here are like so good. Like I, I feel like they could be uh, like from a film trailer and we would be like, Oh my God, this looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cinematic. I mean, the shot that you mentioned of the stormtroopers, like, you know, it it's directing the eye of the viewer, you know, emphasizing what mm-hmm. it wants to emphasize in each moment, you know, first uh, introducing you to them. And, and, you know, you have this whole like sort of marching procession of the stormtroopers led by the fifth brother. It's imposing. And then, you know, it directs you to the landscape and the environment. And um, it's a thoughtful shot, right. And it's cinematic mm-hmm. and uh, that's, I'm sure not a super easy setup. And that's something that requires planning and thought and, uh, and you know art it's artistic right so mm-hmm. uh yeah that's really great um i think the same is true of the the, the shot that follows with the grand inquisitor mm-hmm. and 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 the other inquisitors on on tatooine um and also another thing is uh, and this is maybe me reaching a little bit but i popped uh as we say when it was described as a six-part event uh when the show mm. was described that way in the in the trailer like oh a six-part event because to me that's like you know, don't like, don't, 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 um, we, we have higher ambitions for this than just like, Oh, here's another TV show. Like we're putting out another show or whatever. And I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sure in some ways it is, but we know that this was a movie and then they decided to turn it into a series or, you know, uh, a limited event or special event or whatever we call it. But like to call it this six part event is like, damn, like this is, I don't know. It's not a season of a TV show. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a special event, you know? So that just made me excited. Um, and I, I, I do kind of feel like, Hey, uh, six episodes, one director for every episode. Um, this is going to feel a little more filmic, a little more cinematic mm-hmm. and, and a little more, I don't want to say more special necessarily, but just, it's going to feel a little more like a, like a film. Um, and I mean a little more, I don't know if it'll be a lot more like a film, but at least a little more like a film than some of the other, uh, shows and things like that, that, that we've been getting on Disney plus, um, not necessarily a judgment call, but it's a different feeling and it's a good feeling. Yeah. And I think there were things about the first trailer that, um, or the, the teaser trailer, this was the proper trailer. There are things about the first trailer that were a little off putting to me. And it was also like our first look at, um, at the show. So sometimes like, you know, your initial responses, like, not your final response when you're first like seeing these things in motion for the first time. Um, and there, yeah, there are just a few things about that trailer, um, in the, you know, the way it was constructed that just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And with this trailer, like this feels like this is a trailer with like wanting to communicate the vision of this show. And this show is an epic. 
like this is epic star wars which is Mm. really hard to quantify i think and i because i think people you know i think you could point to i think some people would point to like season two of the mandalorian as being epic star wars because like you got you know you got bo katan you got ahsoka you got luke skywalker like that's that's epic but to me that felt like oh yeah this is kind of like a like a good run of like the comics or something like it's it's really good it's really engaging and there's like a good core story here but like it doesn't I, it's so hard to quantify what makes a S- star wars and specifically a star wars film feel epic and special and like like a saga film like because i would say like solo doesn't feel like an epic film to me like it's 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 a good story and it has some great moments but like it doesn't feel the same as like revenge of the sith and Mm -hmm. like this i don't think the first teaser did a great job communicating that it was just like hey this is star wars that here's some things that you know um but like this was like hey here's stakes here's emotion and here's just gorgeous cinematography and there's stuff here that's familiar there's stuff here you've never seen before there's musical cues that are familiar there's music that you've never heard before like Mm. this is an experience and i think like going back to what you were saying like the way they're they're describing it isn't not like hey this is the new can't miss content like it yeah no like this is this is something that's going to like ruin your ass (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah and i cannot wait for my ass to be ruined i am uh very excited for that yeah Mm -hmm. no i totally agree um all right from there we get a couple of shots i think that we've already seen um or variations on them the inquisitors on tatooine being very threatening uh but also some some dialogue um from uh obi-wan and i believe what he says is they're coming stay hidden or we won't survive. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it plays over this footage of the Inquisitors on Tatooine threatening, you know, villagers or whoever um, on Tatooine. But I uh, feel like he's, and then it cuts to Luke Skywalker, young Luke Skywalker. But I feel like he's he's probably talking to, uh, we know there's at least one uh, surviving Jedi character in the show. Um at least one because we see him later in oh i think we do anyway um see him later in the in the trailer so i i feel like he's probably talking to um another jedi character more so than like actually talking to um any of the characters seen on screen during that um that little section what do you think i was thinking he was talking to owen and baru Mm. yeah i mean he could be he could be right um but uh, but I mean, I don't know. Using, I mean, the, the state we think it's a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah. I mean, obviously, the bigger stake, like the highest stakes, you know, thing is for Luke to survive, not like some Jedi I've never heard of before. Uh, <laughs> but, but like just with the Inquisitors being on the hunt for Jedi and everything, I, I kind of feel like he's saying, like, 
if we're going to survive this, we need to stay hidden. And um, if I'm writing the show, uh, I think he's the only one who does survive it, not the other <laughs> Jedi he's talking to. Um, mm-hmm. But that's how mm-hmm. we know the stakes are real. Or one way we can know the stakes are real is if some of those anonymous Jedi we haven't met yet. Sorry, Kamal, I love you, but uh, I, you know, <laughs> maybe don't make it out of the show. So yeah, um, that's how I interpreted that dialogue anyway. Um, and then it does, of course, cut to young Luke again. We've seen that shot before. Still good. The very mm-hmm. meme-worthy shot of uh, of uh, uh, Ewan with the, the binox the there, binox, or whatever they're yeah. called. Yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and then we cut to maybe the best sequence of the trailer. The best moment. One of the best. Oh my. It's, not my, it's, not my, it's not my best best. There's one of my best, which is Owen um, talking to uh, Obi-Wan. Leave us alone, uh, is what Owen says. And uh, Obi-Wan says, when the time comes, he must be trained. You know, and he says it like, first off, he sounds just like Obi-Wan Kenobi when he says it, which is good because that's who he is. But uh-huh. uh, he sounds just like him and it's great. And he says, it, oh, just, I was just so confident. This is how we talk in the Jedi Council or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> ice cold Uncle Owen just schools him. And says, like you trained his father. And uh, and then and then Obi-Wan has a great look on his face like, I guess that didn't go very well, did it? Whoops. Um, so, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, but I mean, like, I, I think so many of us that are fans of the prequels and um, just Obi-Wan fans are really intrigued by the the idea of of learning more about the relationship between these two you know uncle yeah. owen and obi-wan kenobi he's such a grump uncle owen in uh in star wars from 1977 a new hope right so he's such a grump mm-hmm. and um i think it's understandable even without this story obviously why he would be that way but uh yeah i just i'm, I'm excited to see a little bit more of paranoid um you know, father figure trying to protect Luke Skywalker and sick of this crazy wizard who's just trying to get everybody killed. Uh, Uncle Owen, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I love the, I mean, God, I love, I love the scene for the Owen burden for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw someone tweet, uh, I don't remember who tweeted it, but it was, uh, Uncle Owen's second biggest burn. <laughs> it's a little a little, a little uncalled for uh that is but, uh, pretty rude um that i am laughing yeah uh, it's good yeah. um i thought you're gonna say you saw somebody tweet that that meme of like all the dudes standing around in hoodies and stuff and the one guy like dancing and then like falling over because he just burnt some oh, so badly yeah yeah i, I saw face. that too yep i That's saw that one. too yeah. that was a good one yeah. yeah um no i think i do love this idea of like obi-wan you know in the in the previous teaser he was like the the war is over we lost like we failed um basically and but then he's also like but we can we just gotta train him like this is the right thing to do like he's yeah you know he's a uh he's gonna be a jedi like his father and uh it's gonna be great uh and I mean, that's uh, see, this is where like when you get into the weeds of this story and we've been, you know, talking through this and like, 
you know, having basically like a, a therapy session on this podcast for the past like two months where we're just like this existential conversation of like, should this Obi-Wan Kenobi show even exist? Like, does it need to exist? Like, what is it going to tell us? What can it tell us? We know what happens. But then when you start getting into the weeds, like you you have to like notice how in a new hope like obi-wan eventually trains luke it's not like what he first it's not like his first interaction with him like it's not like or his like okay hello luke today's the day i'm going to start training you like a jedi like when he first like you know rescues him from the from the tuscans like he kind of like it makes it feel like he that was not his intention on that like thursday or whatever that like he encounters luke on in a new hope or maybe it was but i think he kind of like you kind of see him like feel it out and then eventually they like kind of come into that relationship and that's you know I, I think that journey for Obi-Wan, like, it's cool to see him like this, like, oh, yeah, obviously, we we, we must train the boy. Like, uh, he's got that that mighty Skywalker blood. Uh, mm-hmm. We 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 got to train him, like, obviously. But, like, stuff is going to happen in this show where he's like, no, okay, let's, I'm going to back off. Because, obviously, yeah. he doesn't until Luke is a teenager. He you know it, it's not like he's like okay the year after this show like it, that's when luke's training starts like and so like getting into the weeds on like that stuff is like that's where i feel like there's there's a story here um that's really compelling and you know and there's there's also you know there's stakes in the t- in terms of like this is going to affect how we view Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and then uh, by extension, everything else. Um, mm. You know, going forward in the same way, like Revenge of the Sith recontextualized A New Hope for us, and um, and you know, to a lesser degree, Rogue One did as well. But like the the core story, the important story, was recontextualized through the prequels. Um, and I think this actually is going to do that as well. So like that's, you know, I think those are kind of like the fourth wall breaking stakes of it. Like the, you know, for us, like as viewers and star Wars fans, like those are the big stakes, but there's also like, you know, we, we talk so much during book of Boba Fett, how like, what are the stakes of this show? Like what, what is the threat that the Pikes have? Like, why should I care about this like underground scene on Tatooine? Like, I don't care who controls the markets on Tatooine. Like mm-hmm. that is not affecting my star Wars excitement or viewing. And like, but like this, yeah, I mean, there's like, which of these inquisitors are going to like walk out alive? Like what, what happens to them after the show? Like, what about this, potential other jedi like what happens to them like what happens to the relationship between obi-wan and 
Owen and Baru. Like what happens, you know, to the relationship between Obi-Wan and Luke? Is there a relationship? Like, I yeah, it yeah. all feels elevated now. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting too, like uh to think about that line, you know, well, when the time is right, he must be trained or whatever. Um, it's like uh I know the reason the time isn't right is because when they made Star Wars in 1976 or whatever, like they, you know, all this stuff wasn't thought out yet. But um according to the prequels, it's like, well, the time is right when he's like two years old, you know what I mean? So like why isn't Obi-Wan already training him? Um and I'm sure it'll address that to a small degree. I, I don't really need it to be like overly explained or whatever. I mean, it's dangerous. There's a reason right there, I guess. Right. You know, it's dangerous, but, um, yeah. Cause like Yoda's, yeah, obviously in the empire strikes back, Yoda's like, well, he's too old, you know? Um, yeah. so as you said earlier, like, what is it that scared Obi-Wan away, um, from training him? You know, I kind of feel like, like really he'd probably already be training him, but like, you know, what happens in this show that, that scares him away from training him any, you know, sooner than he did or whatever. So, uh, yeah, definitely some, some interesting, uh, possibilities there. Um, so then after that shot, we get a little bit, uh, some more inquisitor, some more imposing inquisitor action. Um, I'm going to hit play here real quick, just to listen to that dialogue again. You still want Kenobi. He's gone. Um, I feel like it might be the fifth brother because uh, it's a man's voice. I feel like it's the fifth brother saying that. I'm not sure. And then Reva Reva says, maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every low life and bounty hunter to squeeze him. Um, so yeah, like almost hints at a chain of command there a little bit um, in terms of, uh, you know, who she may be talking to. But uh, there's actually a lot in that, you know, in, in, in terms of like what we see while that narration is occurring. Um, cool shot of uh, Reva walking through some kind of um, imperial hangar where there's TIE fighters like attached to the roof. It's like an open hangar, um, but there's a, a ceiling and uh, TIE fighters attached to it. Um, a shuttle Tidarium style uh ship over in the corner i don't think it's like it's you know of a different era so i think it will be a different design it looks different you know but uh kind of inspired by that so that's cool um mm-hmm. and then we get uh what i'm assuming is a shot of the inquisitors inside there's a name ryan i can't remember what the name is but there's a name for their like inquisitor headquarters um mm. and it's you know that we, is spoilers but it's in jedi fallen order that like tower or whatever um and I don't know if it's in Rebels or not, but um, it's on that ocean planet, right? Like that you go to in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, And we see that there. So anyway, there's a shot of them like standing over like a war table planning situation Mm -hmm. um, that I would guess is in that building, that Inquisitor headquarters, uh, whatever that's called. Um, And there's another Inquisitor in that shot that I, I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you know who that is, but there's a, like another Inquisitor there with like green skin and with the, the neck things, the like tubes. Yeah. Or are they like head tails or whatever? I, I don't know because we, we see them in, I, I noticed that in another, um, I don't remember which shot it was, but I was like, wait, why is there these? Yeah. It's just a different, different look. Um, Okay. Um, yeah, so interesting to learn more about her, um, get a sweet shot of Obi-Wan in the desert on a Kadu, I think. Um, so that's cool. And then a shot of that 
you know, Inquisitor Fortress with uh, three um, ships flying out of it. And uh, we follow them like into space. And so they're going off in three different directions. Um, they're probe droids, right? Are they probe droids? I feel like they're ships. I, they make I guess they the could pro- be probe droids. They make the probe droid noise. Oh, look at you looking at the sound. Yeah, you're probably right. I guess they're I, probe droids. I think, don't they? Like, Let's see, you're probably right. You're probably right. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like that that noise. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're 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 probe droids. All right, my bad. My bad. Cool. Um, but it's a cool shot. Yeah. It's like and then, it's a cool shot. Yep. Yeah. And then Reva on Dayu on the uh, uh on the, the rooftop. Um then we get uh, a, a a shot which I've already seen um memed and, and shared around uh, a few <laughs> times. Um the, the Obi-Wan mug shot. Um yeah. with his image from Revenge of the Sith, of course. Um <laughs> now Ryan, I assume you've uh translated all the Orabesh on the screen and can tell us what, what it all says there. Uh no, I think we'll mm. need to watch like the Star Wars Explain video for that. Um okay. but yeah, is it a Sony PV- PVM though? Is is there a PVM <laughs> that ends on there? Looks like a PVM, doesn't it? Nice. I could I a could hook a PDM. Sega Genesis up to that. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh no, there is uh um yeah, I've definitely that that's a already an iconic image. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, oh um force material. Did you see the one that they did? Mm-mm. Uh Rowan Williams shared like that picture with like this head headline from like a a UK um uh newspaper or something where it's like like hot british criminal on crime spree or something ridiculous um but yeah and then had like i did see that i did see that actually yeah Yeah. i did see that yeah that was great very very good yeah yeah um and then we get uh obi-wan doing some hand-to-hand combat with a uh peach skinned darth maul uh what do we call them a zabrak or something like that yeah right? yeah yeah um but is that what but, that is i think that's what it is right that's a it's a zabrak but there's a shot before that oh there is there what is. am i missing oh the rooftop oh yeah. yeah well i was trying to spare you from having to talk thank about you. this since you're thank you since but you're not no, happy it needs about to be it. talked about it needs to be for long yep 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 so i now how do we this... know it's for long for sure uh i read it i guess as it a, is it's a bounty I, hunter I, yeah, uh, I read talking this about bounty hunters as a spoiler, um, like a few weeks ago, and oh, I okay. like, I I texted you guys, and I was like, I just read the most cringe spoiler for Obi Wan, yeah, and I'm I'm feeling really down <laughs> now, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy that this is the thing you were bummed about because I don't care at all, so I'm really happy like it was <laughs> you know some way more awful like. You know, it could be something that makes me really bummed too. So luckily it's yeah. just something that makes you sad, which is appropriate because you sound like Connor Oberst anyway. So you might as well just be sad. <laughs> I'm and, just going to be sad. Um, yeah. I'm going to um, write an alt country album about this. Mm. Um, but uh, this just, so this is like, it's cool if this is exciting for you. Um, I think for me, it's, I am. Dude, I read 36 parts of 
War of the Bounty Hunters comics. <laughs> I do not give a single shit about original trilogy Bounty Hunters ever again. I never want to mm-hmm. see their faces again. I don't care about Dengar. I don't care about Bosk. Like, just mm-hmm. get... I that That comic event, like, killed me. Like, it was... Yeah. I... And it was like one of those things like I was in so deep because I knew after like 10 issues that I was like, I don't like this. But I was already in so deep and like it was just like four dollars a week of misery <laughs> and like which I think the actual core story, if I would have just been like a normal human being and read like the five issues of the story, like it's it's pretty good. It's all right. But man, I was like there was just so much OT bounty hunter stuff. And like, I, I feel like those characters are like already over canonized. Like it, like I, the, I, I mean, I've like, I was never even a Boba Fett fan. Like I, I like new Tem Boba Fett, um, more than I ever liked, you know, or cared about like standing around dude, Boba Fett, like, Mm -hmm. um, and like and then the rest of the bounty hunters like fine like whatever like but man like going into like their interactions and their banter with each other and like oh my god that was like way too much tmi for um too much too much information is how i felt <laughs> about the yeah. bounty hunters so like uh, uh, yeah i was like really bummed that like oh god we're are we doing this? Are we bringing in these dorks again for like the thousand times to like excite the hell out of like 45 year old men like who are like, Hey, I know that person, that bounty hunter's name. Cool. Uh, who gives a shit? And like, yeah. So that like really bummed me out and it felt like a, like just a callback for callbacks purposes. Like I like, yeah, I don't know, but like our friend Kevin was like, no, it makes sense that like it would be Forlom in there. Like it makes sense. And like, yeah, it makes sense. But if I was watching this show and like everything that's been shown to me so far and like I didn't know anything about that, like I would not be watching this show being like, okay, uh, where's Forlom? When's Forlom going to show up? Like, like if I had no prior knowledge of that, like it's like one of those things that like okay it works if you like write it into the story but like also if it was never in the story the show would probably be fine without it so counterpoint um Mm -hmm. i mean i agree in the principle of like i don't care if four lums in the show or not or i don't need four lum in the show or whatever um but like counterpoint you know just thinking about it from the creative process standpoint um you know, I think you're framing it or or kind of thinking of it as like, okay, where's an opportunity where we can bring Forlom into the show? Like, we got to get some OT throwbacks in there. How can we squeeze Forlom into the show? I'm thinking that, you know, the creative process, possibly anyways, was like, okay, um, we think at this point in the story, we should have some bounty hunters on or a bounty hunter on Obi-Wan's trail. Do we make up a new bounty hunter or is there a bounty hunter? Like, is there, are there bounty hunters from this era that would make sense to slide into that? You know, I think that that's a lot more, um, forgivable or I guess I'm less, you know, I'm not irritated by that really. Like that doesn't bother me Mm -hmm. if it's like, 
you know, Rogue One where we're like, there's no good reason whatsoever to have Dr. Evazon here, but we got to shove him <laughs> in anyway. Uh-huh. Like, I hate that. Yep. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, and, and I'm not even saying like that if they had good intentions or if they, they did it from like a creatively, um, I don't know, like reasonable, you know, place, like I'm saying, um, I'm not saying that means it can't be distracting or might not detract from the show. Like it could, you know, but I, I guess like, I, I feel like it's, it, to me, it, it seems likely that like we need a bounty hunter. Let's go with this one that we have already, whether that's a good choice or not. Um, I would at least like, to me, I feel like it, I would give them the benefit of the doubt that it's not just like a, you know, it's not a, a callback for a callback's sake. You know, it's not only there just to satisfy, as you say, 45 year old fans who are looking for stuff they've seen before. Um, at least I hope that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So. But like, it, I don't know. It's also like, <laughs> there's like, there's like that issue with like, the i think some of the process from some of the creatives with uh, like you know bringing boba fett back like there is that conversation about like well we saw boba fett and he he looked cool but he didn't really get a chance to be a badass mm-hmm. so now we're making the sh- the show or bringing him into these episodes to so he can be a badass and we can see you know what what i saw in my 12 year old's mind's eye like that kind of thing. And I think there was a little bit of that with, um, you know, with, with Vader, um, in like rogue one as well. Like, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is OT era Vader, but like, he's, he's a badass and spoiler, there's going to be some of that with Vader in this show. Um, he's got to kind of come to grips with it. Um, but I think it like actually serves more of a story purpose here. Um, and a thematic purpose here. Um, more than Forlom? <laughs> is that what you're thinking? You're saying you think Vader serves more of a story purpose than Forlom? Uh, absolutely not. I would never say that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, of course, obviously. I meant more than in Rogue One, um, oh, which okay, was a okay, bit more gotcha. gratuitous. But also, like, sure, like, it makes sense in the story. And I think, like, you you can say, like, oh, yeah, Vader in you know vader slicing through dudes in a hallway in rogue one which is a scene like i don't even hate like really um i it's the impact has lessened um but it was like surprising in the theater and i was like whoa okay i wasn't expecting that cool um but like every time it like that movie kind of ends for me like before the epilogue portion of it kind of um like the core story but uh i think uh oh my god this i'm like going in circles here but i think what's kind of like weird about about this is like why do we need bounty hunters in this show when we have inquisitors like yeah <clears throat> well i would offer one possible explanation is because obi-wan kenobi is like a, a jedi you know what i mean and uh I, I i don't know like obi obi-wan's a jedi like he should i guess i don't know if he's got his lightsaber or not but like um he is he should be able to handle himself pretty well and um you know i don't think we want to have him interacting with the inquisitors episode after episode you know like he shouldn't run into reba four times in a row and like 
you know, have it be her escaping or, you know, whatever. So like, it just, I mean, it just reduces the drama of it too. You know, the more times they, they interact. So if like she's got bounty hunters and whoever on his tail, I mean, why do you need anybody besides Darth Vader really? You know, um, (laughs) there's a chain of command and, uh, and it, it allows for, you know, things to happen, happen in a sequence where it's like, okay, but they send the bounty hunters out. The bounty hunter alerts them of where Kenobi is. Then one of them shows up and he wrecks them. And then Vader has to, you know what I mean? Like whatever, yeah. however it may end up happening. But I, I guess I, but the simple uh, possibility is just to hold off to, you know, have tension and conflict and, and, and drama, but hold off the actual interaction between him and the, inquisitors plural or inquisitor or whatever um mm-hmm. you know by having a bounty hunter happen be involved first and if that is what needs to happen why not for well hey don't I'm... count your chickens before they've hatched we could get for we could get zuckus we could get uh we could get all kinds of bounty hunters in here you know what i mean who knows i think you for... should just be grateful it's not boba fett <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I, yeah, can, it can always, I mean, well, yeah, whatever. I don't know. It just, uh, be grateful. It's not Jackson. How about that? It's not Jackson. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, it's part of a, it's part of a trend that just grinds my gears. I don't like, mm-hmm. I don't like the bounty hunter stuff. I don't like the OT OT fan service. Mm. I mean, honestly, that's probably all this is really going to be like that scene, but it probably won't detract too much from the show. And at least they're like, Hey, we're just going to show this shit in the trailer. Like where it's not going to be like a big, you know, end of episode reveal or something. Cause like that would probably leave me more deflated. Um, well, yeah, that that's I mean, that's so much of like what's important about it to me is like is I, I don't you know, we shouldn't get back into it now, like the whole Rogue One thing, because we could talk about that for another 15 minutes or whatever. And we have before, but I don't mind Vader showing up in Rogue One and I don't hate that scene either. But the problems I do have with that scene are about the tone and the execution of it, not like the fact that it happens. You know what I mean? So um, I, I guess the reason I say that is because like if. Forlom shows up, well, when Forlom shows up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, if it's like, whoa, check it out, audience, it's Forlom. You've been waiting mm-hmm. for him to be back, and here he is. Like, if that's like the way it's presented and it like calls attention to itself and it's obnoxious like that, then yeah, that's going to suck. You know what I mean? If it feels like uh, a naturally occurring moment in this show and in this story, and it's not like some big, like, you know, hero moment where like four lobs come to town. You know what I mean? Like as long as it's not something like that. So it's, it's to me, it's really, you know, about the way it's executed and stuff. So, um, and, and I don't think that's quite how the Vader, I'm not saying that's what the Vader thing was like. I'm saying that would be the worst case scenario for her four showing up in this show, you know? So I just didn't like, yeah, no, I'm not going to say what I thought about the Rogue One thing because I don't want to talk about it right now. We, yeah, this we're is not, not what we're we doing at this moment. Yeah. yeah, but I yeah. okay. So no, what I will say about the Rogue One thing and what honestly, like my issue with the the I, I it's basically it feels like an epilogue to me because you get the back to back Vader and then Leia. I think what 
kind of which I like those scenes and I understand why they exist, but I think what kind of bothers me from them is they just, they just take, they take away so much from the actual characters. The movie was about and the actual story that the movie was about. And it like, I don't know. I think like Jen and Cassian are amazing characters and they have, an amazing like final scene. And I kind of wish that was the final scene of the film because Mm. it just shows like they made the ultimate sacrifice to, you know, make this thing happen. And like, I don't really need the visual connective tissue to be like, okay, then you know, then then Vader comes and then then Leia comes like I I know those characters are coming in A New Hope. Um, and so like what I what I don't want and, you know, it's I'm I'm hesitant about this because we even saw like an interview with Deborah Chow where she's like, yep, you're going to see some familiar faces uh, in this show. Like, I don't want. I mean, and, you know, we have the most familiar faces in Star Wars. Like, we have Luke Skywalker's in this show. We have Darth Vader, and we have Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, the those are those are the most familiar faces in Star Wars. You know, outside of like Leia and Han Solo. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I just but there's also these like these new characters, like you know, um like Reva and um, to an extent, the inquisitors to an extent um, Lars and Baru and then whoever else like Kumail's Jedi, maybe Jedi, you know, all that. And like, this is like a very specific story. And I just, I don't want any, like, I don't want like other characters coming in and stealing the spotlight. Like, I, I mean, honestly, Ahsoka style. Like the episode where Ahsoka shows up and you're like, oh, well, yep, now it's about Ahsoka her again. style, honestly, Luke Skywalker style in Mandalorian, which is something that like also like over time has kind of, you know, I don't I don't know if it necessarily takes away from Din and Grogu's story. I think time will tell because we have we don't have the full story. But I think like at this moment and, you know, at the moment when season two ended I think it like the kind of took the spotlight away from the core core story. And like all people talked about was Luke Skywalker and like it, it, it makes sense. It works. There's nothing, you know, inherently wrong with it. And it's, you know, it's obviously not just there to be like fan service, but like also it's like, I mean, the the spotlight just kind of faded from Din and Grogu throughout the course of season two of Mando and like to these like other characters and cameos and stuff. And I don't know. I and but like we're also like in the middle of that story. So I think it will, mm. you know, focus back on them and like that will be a welcome thing. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, I don't like the the cameos and stuff like cool like it's a shared universe but like not everyone from every era needs to be in the same place at the same time yeah 
Here, here's the exact quote from uh, Deborah Chow, because I have it in the notes from the Total Film article, which we're not going to talk about, but I do have it here. Obi-Wan's going on a journey. There's going to be different people that come into his life. One of the things I was trying to do with this series was to have the legacy and who is important in Obi-Wan's life and to also have some new characters. So it's going to be a mixture of the two. But I do think there are some surprises to come, I hope. So... She's saying a mix of old characters and new characters, but there will be surprises. And I think by surprises, she means people, you know, obviously, um, but hopefully it's not egregious, which I think is kind of what you're saying, right? Like not yeah. egregious and not um, taking over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with the fact that, you know, the fact that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are legacy characters, I think that hopefully makes it a little less likely that different legacy characters or different known yeah. characters popping up will detract from the story. Like, it's kind of tough to, I mean, we've got like two of the biggest, most important characters in the history, like in the Star Wars story, you know, in the framework of the mm-hmm. Star Wars story or whatever. So, so I think it's, it's, it's tougher maybe or, or less likely that it's going to like overwhelm if, uh, if uh, Dexter Jetser pops up, which, uh, you know, is a possibility or Wat Tambor, you know what I mean? Or whoever. So we'll He's see. Dead. Wat Tambor is dead. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good call. Um, but I but think, no one's ever well, really gone, Ryan. <clears throat> that's true. I think going back to that quote from Deborah Chow, though, I think like this is where I like have just total faith in her as a storyteller because she's she's not saying like you better tune in. You'll never know who you're going to see. Uh, there's going to yeah. be some cameos. There's going to be some surprises. Um, she's like, these are people who are important in Obi-Wan's life. And like, that's her thought process around it about bringing in characters. Um, and so that's also like, I, I don't think I, I think the, the forlum thing is going to be like nothing. Um, honestly, yeah. like, yeah. um, but I think if like, I think it's going to be more thoughtful than like some of the, uh, some of, you know, those, other star wars moments where you're like oh yeah it's it's you it makes sense in the timeline that you'd be here but why are you here uh besides for me to be like hey i know you um kind of thing um i think it's yeah i think she's like a different class of storyteller than some of the more for sure we're seeing that in some of the cinematic language of the uh, shots in this trailer like we talked about earlier right so yeah absolutely um speaking of those cinematic shots ryan like we had obi-wan fisticuffs with uh the zabrak and stuff like that i mean that's cool um we get uh reva walking through this cool inquisitor base or whatever it is with a whole bunch of stormtroopers and a red lightsaber extended that's Mm -hmm. awesome uh, just looks really cool. Then we get Obi-Wan doing some sweet, like, um, pro wrestling moves, you know, doing like an arm drag on a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. um, and then pulling out a blaster, uh, very uncivilized, but, uh, I guess necessary yeah. when you can't, can't just get the lightsaber going in these times. Yep. Um, and Reva, I assume Reva shouting, you can't run Obi-Wan, which is cool. Um, there is a sort of K2 SO looking kind of like hardcore droid, uh, you know, um, involved in an action sequence there, which looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, he seems to be shooting at stormtroopers though, I think. So maybe that's a friend. 
Yeah, yeah, we see some uh, some troopers knocked on their asses here. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's a friend. Um, a shot of uh, Reva swinging her lightsaber around, which is cool. And then um, so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then a shot that I was really excited about because I'm a big <laughs> fan of Kumail Nanjiani. Um, a shot of Kumail Nanjiani. Um, I don't know for sure that he's playing a Jedi, but he looks like he has Jedi robes on. Um. Then again, he could just be like a, a Tatooine or, you know, similar planet like Moisture Farmer or, you know, the, yeah. they're they're sort of like humble uh, uh, clothing. Right. So, I mean, maybe he's not a Jedi for sure, but um, I feel like he likely is. And uh, yeah, we don't I mean, we don't get much else there. So it, do you have any yeah. thoughts on Kumail? Um, he rules. Uh, yeah. and yeah. the other thing is, I wonder, like, there's a shot from the teaser trailer where uh-huh. Re- Reva is, like, swinging a saber in, like, a, like, a cafe or something, and, mm-hmm. like, at a person in robes, and you only see the yep. back of them. I wonder if it's him. It could be. It could be. I think it might be somebody else, but it could be him. Okay. But I'm not saying any more than that. Okay. Some. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I think it's a Jedi, you know? Okay. Um, and I don't think it's a Jedi. I think it's like, you know, a new Jedi that we don't know anything about or whatever. So definitely could be Kamal. Um, there's one other actor who's announced for the show, and I think it could be that actor as well. So, um, but I don't know which one it is. I guess I'm being un- uh, unnecessarily vague here. Benny Safty. uh, is announced for the show. We don't know who he's playing. And uh, that's who I was thinking it was. But then, you know, seeing this shot of Kamal, like it kind of looks like that too. So it could be either one of them, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know who Benny Safdie's playing. I don't know who Kamal's playing. Nope. So yeah, could be, <clears throat> could be either one. Um, yeah. And then like, we're moving towards the, uh, the kind of end of, uh, of the trailer. I mean, there's, there's still 20 seconds left or whatever, but, um, and then, so, so it is Reva earlier who, who said, uh, whatever line I repeated a minute ago, I forget what it is, you know, um, something about you can't, you can't run away or something like that to Obi-Wan. Um, but then here we get a shot of her shouting, holding up her lightsaber and saying, you can't escape him. And, uh, that then leads to, um, one of the most I don't know, shocking, not shocking, but like surprising and like, whoa, they went there shots of the, of the trailer, (laughs) which is, um, Anakin's or Darth Vader's scarred up arm, um, having his robotic arm attached to it, like in his chamber or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, that is like, whoa, like it's intense. They went for it, you know, um, they're not (laughs) like, we get a whole weird sequence. Um, I say weird, like, Cause it's a little, I do you, do you agree? I feel like it's a little corny. It's a little campy. It's like a little bit like, um, I don't know. Like it, it's like a, and I think we talked about this on the show for some reason, like in the last six months or something, but it's like that montage of shots, like that sequence you get in like a superhero movie where it's showing like the different parts of Batman's gear being put mm-hmm. on his body Suiting or whatever. Yeah. Suiting up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, because we we see it and we saw it in Book of Boba Fett. Um, and oh, that's right. That's why we I compared about it to yeah. the opening sequence of uh, Ca- uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood. 
Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, to me, the, this sat better with me than just, like, doing, like, the Vader breathing at the end of the, the first teaser. Um, mm-hmm. Because that just, I don't know, it... Th- like there were two super on the nose things that were just like in that in that first teaser that I didn't I didn't care for. The first was just straight up playing Duel of the Fates. Uh, like, hey, this is just that song from Phantom Menace, and we're just playing it uh, in the in this trailer. Um, whereas, like in this in that was in the teaser, and then in this trailer, like you get variations on that theme like we get a little duel of the fates at the beginning of this trailer but it's like a few notes of it on a piano or something like it's it's real it's pretty subtle um and then i didn't like that i hated that actually i hated the music at the beginning of the trailer really yeah 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 i said it to kevin like right away when we watched it for the first time i was like just feels generic um i don't know why it just feels like trailer music more than like which is okay there's nothing wrong with trailer music but it just felt very like you'd never actually hear this in a star wars movie or star wars show it's like a thing that is made just for this kind of situation you know i don't know how to describe it but it just like it's like oh it's that thing that you know but you know like when you when you see a trailer and they have like some recognizable song but it's like it's it's hurt by nine inch nails you know covering <laughs> or johnny it's hurt by whatever and then like yeah but it's like on piano and it's super slow of, to, yeah, yeah you know what i mean it's like okay yeah. it's not a real song it's a thing you make to like manipulate emotions and, and it wouldn't actually be in the real thing so i didn't love it but it's not really that's besides the point i guess i well i think i like that better than them just playing the song from phantom menace like and yeah, I guess sure, Attack of sure, the Clones sure. and yes, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Um, but like, but what I, but then it goes into like completely new music for, um, basically the whole trailer until it until we get to the end and then it's like the the sad version of the, um, Darth Vader's theme. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I think the uh, just while we're talking about the music, I think the like anxiety inducing strings of this trailer i think also like when we're actually in like the new music portion of it um which is most of it um like it just it is just tense like it really really elevates um you know the the dialogue the the visuals everything um and it you know is making me feel really really excited for the for the music um but yeah. you know the the vader suiting up um sequence i think i think the the part with the arm i think is good because you're showing the scars and the the machinery which is like mm. that is thematically tied to obi-wan's story you're seeing burns and scars and machinery like and that is by obi-wan's hand that that happened Mm -hmm. i think showing that part is good i think that's really all they needed um but like the you know the the other part of the suit was like okay that's whatever but i think that 
means more than just something that's you know like the, the Vader breathing, which is just like a it's just a thing. Like it's you yeah. know it's something we, we've we've heard a million times in a million different contexts and doesn't like really do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I agree. Uh, I think like obviously the goal here at the end of the trailer is to be like it's happening. Like Darth Vader is going to be in the show and, and we already knew it. Like they hinted at it in the teaser, as you said, but this is obviously more concrete. Like we're seeing some footage of Vader, but not actually seeing Vader on screen, which I think was the right call. Like, let's save that for actually the experience of watching the show. Like, so I'm cool with that. You know, I mean, we see him, but it's just like, you know, obviously part of him or whatever. Um, and, uh, so I like that, especially because my favorite shot of the entire trailer is the final shot, which we'll get to in a few minutes. And I think it works, mm-hmm. uh, in the trailer because we see these shots of Vader. So I don't have problems with that really, but I will say the entire trailer, all the, all the footage, all the shots, everything feels really beautiful and cinematic. This feels like marketing, like these couple shots to me, they feel like marketing. They feel like, like, um, we're trying to sell you on how badass, like Vader, like, oh my God, it's that suit that, you know, you're watching it assembled. Uh-huh. Like, and that's totally fine. But like, I, I have a little bit of trouble imagining how like those shots are going to fit into what otherwise seems like a really like classy and sophisticated and mm-hmm. like, you know, a cinematic, uh, visual storytelling style. So it just, it mm-hmm. feels out of place with all the other shots in this trailer in my opinion it's not a big deal but you know definitely when i watched it i was like all right well it got it got a little it got a little corny there for a second or it got a little bit on the nose or however you know the right way to put that is but it it, it was a it was a little off-putting but i'm not going to sit here and be like well i'm so you know um uh, i'm so uh sophisticated that like you know i don't think it's cool to see darth vader's like you know parts you know and get get, like the whole like whoa darth vader's back like it's cool you know it's definitely cool but it felt a little tonally you know out of place compared in comparison to the rest of the trailer i guess yeah i i would agree with that i i think yeah yeah, i it, it it does feel like it has more of a marketing purpose than like a storytelling purpose though i would argue the arm has a storytelling purpose and Mm -hmm. i think if it was just that shot i think it would sit a lot better because that is something like i feel like you know that would be a shot you would show in the actual show like yeah and and like the dip the different shots that surround these shots will give it context in the show like the the pacing and the length of the shots how they're cut together with other shots like it could feel really different like in the context of actually watching the show you know so and hopefully it will um so yeah yeah like i don't know i mean we haven't seen we we saw you know, Anakin obviously become Darth Vader. We saw him charred. We saw him put together in the Frankenstein shot in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but it's been 10 years since then. So <coughs> I think, <coughs> sorry, I think it makes sense to catch up with him, uh, you know, um, sans the suit or kind of see him being put back together. Um, it's a reminder of, of how much he lost as a result of what happened between him and Obi-Wan the last time around. And, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd imagine the show will uh, find ways to remind us both visually and narratively of how much Obi-Wan has lost since then. And uh, mm-hmm. this, you know, feels like a 
uh, a possibility of a visual representation of how much Vader has lost or how much of a shell of, you know, who used to be he is at this point, yep. et cetera. So I think there's plenty of, of good reasons for these shots and, and this kind of thing. Um, it just didn't quite land with me 100% in the trailer. But again, you know, uh, not a big deal. And also, we'll see if it lands differently in this in the context of the actual show that it's in, right? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about this next shot because this next shot's another good one, and this is this is the shot where we saw that other Inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, with like the the, the tubes. Um, yeah, maybe they are tubes, like from the back of her head to yeah behind her or something. Yeah, um, very very cool looking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like I am. I don't know. You could probably go back to our, geez, our like Rebels season four discussion, like what, seven, f- six, seven, five years ago, whatever that was. A while. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I'm not, not a huge Inquisitors guy um, in general. I think like the first time the, I mean, they're fine in rebels and like they, they served a purpose and there was something new, um, which was cool, but like, I don't, you know, they're, they're not like my favorite thing. I think, um, <clears throat> Jedi fallen order, I think, um, kind of made me like warm up to, um, the, l- like those characters a little bit more. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, the one in Jedi Fallen Order was like a very complex character um, and interesting. And, um, you know, we got to see a little bit more behind the scenes of like the, how that how Inquisitors happen. And they're not just like badasses who fly around on their lightsaber helicopters. And uh, which, please, God, no, in this show, no lightsaber helicopters. Um, no, thank you. Uh but yeah, like, so I think, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see like new ones, new inquisitors in this show. Um, because, you know, I think I'm a little more compelled and I think they're all, uh, visually, uh, interesting. And I think it's like, it's, they're not all just like, they're, they're different looking. They're all different looking. Mm. And like, cause mm. there was like, you know, I think we see them. I, I think that was like a big revelation in Jedi fallen order is like the, the person under the helmet was not like what I expected her to look like. And, um, and that made it like more, more compelling. Cause it wasn't just like, yeah, you know, you're just expecting this like pasty, pasty face like badass um like i was basically expecting like a saj ventress under the helmet and yeah and it's that's that's not what um you know and i think like reva is an inquisitor and she doesn't look anything like like the grand inquisitor and like um isn't is that what is that what they're called the grand inquisitor the top inquisitor yeah, the grand the top inquisitor. one is called the grand inquisitor okay yeah, yeah and i think like Oh, these are not just like I—I I don't know, like the—they have different looks, like p- maybe different personalities, different reasons for doing what they're doing. Um, that's that's cool. That's interesting. 
Um, so yeah. like, I'm, I'm pretty open to seeing like these new, these new characters. Uh, can't wait to, uh, buy the figures <laughs> in five years. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting too, that there's as many, uh, of them as there are in the show. Um, it mm-hmm. seems, you know, like, um, I can see the need to have one or two inquisitors, but there are at least four inquisitors in this show. So, um, I mean, we, you know, ever since they've been introduced, we've known, well, I guess ever since at least what season two of rebels, we've known that there's like a whole group of inquisitors or whatever. So, um, it makes sense that there would be multiple inquisitors just cause like that's how the inquisitors operate, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how they'll use different ones and what function they'll serve in the story. Um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, what is, what is their reasoning? What is their rationale? And I think that was the coolest thing about Jedi fallen order was like getting the rationale of this mm. inquisitor. And you're like, yeah, I could see, I, I can see why you just, why you took this path. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And they're not just like one note badasses. Like that's right. cool. I hope they do more with that. <clears throat> right on. Uh, Ryan, this brings us to the last shot of the trailer and my favorite shot of the trailer. Um, you know, there's a couple more like Vader getting put together shots, but I think we talked about that enough. So yeah, the final shot here is, uh, like I said, probably my favorite shot of the entire trailer. It's a simple shot. It's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I believe, um, on his knees with his, I'm assuming, it feels to me like he's on his knees, probably handcuffed, um, in Imperial custody. And, uh, the camera is like very slowly kind of zooming in on his <laughs> face as he looks up. And to me, like this shot is very much like, you know, he's there and his eyes are closed and he opens his eyes and kinds of look, looks up and we get uh, a look uh, or the beginnings of a look of sort of like shock and awe on his face, but it is a subtle expression, but mm-hmm. his eyes are, his eyes are widening. He's like, uh, you know, um, shook by what's in front of him. And uh, I, for one, believe this could be the moment um, in which he sees Darth Vader again for the first time. You think there's any uh, any substance to that uh, hypothesis on my part? I think it's either <laughs> it could be Darth Vader right in front of him, or to me, it's like the expression and the camera work is showing me like he's having a revelation of some sort and it could be it's a revelation because he sees what's in front of him or it could be he realizes what's happening it could be something coming up behind him as well and him sense like no i mean him sensing it he's a wizard he's a wizard space wizard and he could be sensing vader's presence in the force and like knowing vader's like on his way um yeah but like yeah you're you're not joking like the what what a shot this is and like the 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 framing the depth of field because we can't even tell like where he is like i didn't because i didn't even think of it like him being like handcuffed on his knees or anything like that's to to me it's like he's just standing there having this revelation but i think that it's the type of imagery that just gets your mind racing and like you're the you're just envisioning scenarios around it 
Yeah, you're right, because you really you can't see what's behind him at all. You really can't tell. I don't know what it is. There's something about his body language that makes me feel like he's, you know, cuffed or whatever. But um yeah, it could it could be anything, but it it the it, it's highly dramatic, right? It feels super so dramatic, dramatic and 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 uh weighty. Um and uh yeah, I think that speaks to um I guess it could be me re- re- reading too much into something, but I think to me it speaks to like that's some master filmmaking right there. When you can have a shot, uh, you know, from director, cinematographer, editor, actor, right? All those people. But when you can have a shot um, of a dude's face, you know, for a couple seconds with some light camera movement or, you know, zooming. And that's like the the stand standout shot to me, you know, in a trailer full of, inquisitors and lightsabers and spaceships and you know like all this cool stuff that's that's preceded it but like the most exciting thing to me is the the drama written on this guy's face like that's uh that's promising in terms of the Mm -hmm. quality of the story that we're gonna get yeah and it just it just makes everything else like so much sweeter when like you Mm. know there's like going like there's gonna be you know these like cool action sequences and like beautiful locales and like just just great shots across the board and like amazing colors and lighting and all this stuff like and like cool character interactions and like great costuming like everything just feels sweeter when you know like the core is so strong there and i think like this is something that on paper this could have gone many different ways um you know like on paper it's just an idea it's like a hey it would be cool if this if we had this movie or this show but it's really comes down to the execution like if this if this story matters and i think the execution here that's what like that's basically kind of my my big takeaway from this trailer is like the execution is there and like this this looks a cut above um you know what what we've been seeing in star wars lately which is not like to disparage you know other star wars but like uh, i have a really high bar for star wars and like the star wars that works for me and it it need you know it is what it is like what what clicks with you is what clicks with you and like what you everyone has a different read on the the series but like uh, this is exactly what i want um out of star wars like i think um you know i kind of i texted our, our our chain earlier today and was like yeah this is like the most this trailer is like the most excited i've been for star wars since like the last jedi trailer where like i saw the you know that that first last jedi trailer and I was like, oh yeah, this, like, this is my shit, like, right here. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, like, the way everything looked and, like, the the dialogue and everything. Um, Yeah, like, that's that's the vibe I have here now, and uh, it is a a good place to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And I think in the era of, you know, we grew up, uh, Ryan, when there was first three Star Wars movies and then there were six Star Wars movies, but it was a pretty contained thing. And now in the era of, well, there's going to be a lot more movies and there's going to be a lot of TV shows and this thing is really going to expand and there's going to be a lot of it. Um, obviously, we have to expect uh, varying, you know, sort of quality and varying tones and styles and purposes and you know all that kind of stuff with with star wars projects but all that is to say that with something like this bringing you and mcgregor back telling a story about obi-wan kenobi and you know i think to uh, a somewhat great extent eventually um anakin darth vader as well and and to revisit those two characters and for those two characters to interact with one another again on screen etc um that has to be a pull out all the stops project. It can't be like, Oh yeah, that was cool. Like, you know, like a lot of other star Wars projects that have come out in the last couple of years, it has to be, uh, at least the intention has to be like, we are really going for it. Um, like in, and 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 leaving no stone unturned and, and, uh, and putting every effort into making it the most dramatic, high quality star Wars product that it can be, you know, I think like it deserves that. I think it calls for that. Um, and uh like you said it's not to disparage other star wars you know projects but this one there's a lot of weight to it just in it existing just just in the fact mm-hmm. that it exists and it's happening there's a lot of weight to it so it needs to be handled carefully and uh they, they need to pull out all the stops and um this trailer definitely you know kind of indicates to me that that's that's what's happening so very 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 exciting all right. Uh, well, that's our look at the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. We're recording this on Thursday, May 5th, the day after Star Wars Day. So we are uh, three weeks away from the midnight release of Obi-Wan Kenobi episode season or episodes one and two um, of this six part event. So, yeah, it is uh, it's going to be here pretty quickly as will Star Wars Celebration. Very exciting. There's been some Star Wars Celebration news that we'll, I'm sure, touch on next time we record uh, an episode here, Ryan. Um, But yeah, until then, you can find everything that we do at BlockadeRunnerPodcast.com. And uh, you can follow the show at BlockadeRun on Twitter or uh, reach out to the show, BlockadeRunnerPodcast at gmail.com. Ryan, you are on Twitter at? I am LA. Wow, I'm I am running out of voice here. V A Y A M A L A Y. All right. So thanks very much for listening. Happy Star Wars Day, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Block and Runner Podcast. Happy Star Wars Month. We are all the Republic. <laughs>